Yeah, I always explain to people how like the difference the difference is from Australia and Britain uh, regarding like the different types of people, um, different exposures you can get kind of kind of aware. Um, like when you in Scotland, for example, everyone's stuck in the little box. Everyone's got the same routines and they're hanging out with the same people. Um, and if you don't fit that, then you, you don't hang about with them people. You, you have to yeah. find your own crew. Back there, there's not too many people that are doing different alternative things. And over in, in Australia, you, you can find people that will match with you and help you along the journey, whatever journey that is. Because um, there is so much diversity, diversity over here in Australia. And everyone's looking to be better. Everyone's looking to be the best of themselves. Not everyone, but a lot of people are looking to be the best form of themselves. And in Britain, a lot of them are very uh, anti-religious, anti-higher power, which mm. I feel that it kind of undervalues themselves as human beings or who they are. They just think they're yeah. a physical form and they're just here a spontaneous ball of bacteria, um, which really undervalues yourself and you don't really look at how how, you know, how good you can be and, and really how, how much lies have been told through our life to, yeah. to let us believe that, that we are just a physical one-dimensional being or whatever that may be. <laughs> It's interesting you, you say that because the I guess the programming that we're given all through school and science and, you know, the, the biology lessons and while I think all of that uh, education is good if you stick to the fundamentals, there are, you know, certain elements like we are nothing but apes or animals and we some stars exploded randomly and you know nothing matters it's a very nihilistic and base level reduction of this human experience and if you buy into that when you replace this there's, there's two levels to it right you 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 make it all this random thing that you know this scientific thing but then you replace religion you say that that's not good and then you replace it with science and you know the, the communist kind of ideological masters knew that um one of the ways to kind of weaken a population is to decrease their spiritual connections whether you know whatever god that is to them for me i i i'm <sighs> I wouldn't say that I'm particular denomination of any religion just because of it was kind of forced on me growing up in school and I kind of rejected that out of some sort of, you know, why weren't you allowed to question things, you know, just believe this yeah, and yeah. shut up kind of thing. But in my own way, um, through experiences I've had and things that I've felt uh, as I get older and read and, you know, obviously the, the, the religious lessons that I were taught, some of them sunk in. I don't know what the exact structure of that is, but I can for sure say that having some, and some of it's brought on, yes, by psychedelic experiences. I know people, um, you know, get their necks in a twist about that, but there was a definite feeling of connectedness with the entire world that I had never experienced before. And I'm sure you could get it. And that's what a religious experience is. And if you can do that through the traditional methods, great. Uh, but just for me, in my experience, that was what I felt uh, when I when I first did them. And from then on, it was this awe-inspiring feeling of being connected to everything, everything in the world. And if what that feeling is, is, you know, God, then if you don't have that, 
then you do, you know, you end up being nihilistic just like the ideology is. And that's where most Western societies are kind of heading at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And it's the difference, like, the, with the non, it's in Britain, with the non-religious, the science-based, I suppose, the, the kind of fake science-based, I'll call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it's obviously, yeah, it's for control, it's for control purposes. And, and, and to understand, sometimes it's easier to, to just to kind of give in to the science because it's sometimes it's easier to understand um, because you if you can't feel what you felt and what people have felt with the oneness, then it is just what you've been told. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes it's so hard to understand. And we don't need to understand it either. That's the thing. Like, we don't need to know exactly why we are here and how we've come. Mm. And if this is or if it's a simulation or whatever, like, we just need to know the rules, how to play the game. Um, yeah. But some people, they like to be told this is a simplistic version, obviously. Even the evolution thing is a bit of a far-fetched thing, which if you do think of it objectively, that some of it does not make sense and you can disprove it very much, very easily now. Um, but it's, it's like back in, always the example of, it's like back in the day where it, it rained and people don't know why. So they said it was like God's tears. It's just mm. an easily simplified version for people to understand. Um, like right now, I have <laughs> friends and family who think I have steroid psychosis. Um, from, from because of the way I, I am and the way I talk and the, the way I've changed, yeah. Because um, they don't understand. They don't understand. Because why would they? Because um, yeah. it's, it's me and them. So they don't understand. And instead of saying I don't understand and just let me be as a bee, they try to manufacture something to understand that. Yeah. Um, which is some ludicrous steroid psychosis belief. Um, which, which is fine. I do think they are. They generally think the best for me. Like they are worried, and they're, they've kind of had the come. To, some of my good friends come together and had a kind of intervention, and it is it's laughable, but it's also like, oh, they're trying at least that they do care. And um, just like I'm trying to can try to make them aware of some of their actions they're doing. Um, like they have taken the jab, most of them back in Scotland. Yeah. Um, but I feel that was getting through to them before more than I am after. And you might notice mm. as well, I think the jab, the jab is actually cementing your unconsciousness even further. It's bringing right. you even further into your egoic mind. Yeah. And that's maybe one of the defining factors of it because of the, the potential great awakening that's coming. Um, and they can feel it everywhere. A lot of people can feel the energies shifting and changing and it's, it's going dark, but... I do believe the darkness is needed. It's needed to show how dark the world is. And people don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe that the world is run by psychopathic pedophiles who eat children. But they, just don't, they don't want to hear it because it's, it's a terrible thing to, to believe or even even allow your mind to comprehend. Um, mm. And that's why some that saying of ignorance is bliss is definitely different. And sometimes I'm envious of the people who don't see the world the way I do. I'm like, oh, remember that when my mind was just... <laughs> Remember just... those days when it was all sunshine and roses. <clears throat> yeah, and, and and people, the government actually cared for you on the, and the, the Western medicine really wanted to heal you and all these things that you believed. Um, and, but, but I think the good thing is when you when you see, I explain to people, this is, yeah, it's not ideal to see these videos and all these 
realizing these people the way they are, but um, you can't be your full light if you don't see the full darkness, I believe. A hundred percent. And I don't think I don't think I'll be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't see the, the terrible shit that's going on in the world and try to at least counteract it energetically and then counteract it physically with my presence and what I do for my new my new job, uh, my new coaching. So it's um, at least trying. I think that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, it's a it's a spiritual war first and foremost, and. You know, the Carl Jung quote, uh, a tree cannot reach to heaven if its roots don't reach into hell is, is very true for that reason. Um, you can have, the thing is like, it's always, but ignorance is bliss. Yes. But do you want to be a blissful idiot? Just kind of walking around and, and not really understanding what's going on. No, that there, there is a certain experience, um, that you might say that they are blissfully unaware. Uh, but, but it's a lower existence of, it's a lower consciousness existence at the end of the day. So yes, calling it bliss might be, you know, some people's experience, but I think innately some people, they, they prefer to just ignore it. And is that ignorance or is it just cowardice in that sense? So you really have to realize that this stuff's going on, not let it get you down because that is the intention, you know, to cause fear, to make you, you know, give up in that sense and make you think it's all not worth it and all the rest of it. That is that is the point of all the propaganda. So you can't allow it to get you down because your own spiritual fight against this stuff and like you're saying, the energy that you put out to your surroundings, if everyone aims to fix their own little part of the world and make that as good as possible without giving into the fear of the propaganda, that is realistically the only way we can make a positive impact because it's not a battlefield where everyone's running across to try and cover the most ground it is this spiritual warfare in a way where the energetic mass of the peoples is being manipulated through mass media uh, force injections and all the rest of it and it's an interesting point you make that they if someone buys into it and then regrets it later, they're going to double down on that initial belief because they can't retroactively think if they have a lot, you know, lower ego consciousness, they, they're not going to admit they're wrong. So they're doubling down. And that is an interesting psychological effect. Um, that, but like you said, the, the darkness is needed because all the darkness is making people more aware. And I think, having people like it's so obvious and so hectic in a way that more people have to realize and they can't just ignore it uh, for any longer and that's a good thing and that's the transformative process that we have to do to rebirth into some new society that is valuing the right things yeah for sure and there is a kind of exciting feeling of as well because there is mm. something needs something needs to change um and I, I do believe this is like a, a new world butterfly effect where it needs to, the chaos needs to come before we then can emerge from the ashes into the new yep. world. But not every soul will choose to come into the new world. Um, and the word choose is very important there because they always had a choice. Everyone, everyone out there has a choice yep. to make. And their soul has decided not to come into the new world um 
and that's okay and that's okay for that and not everyone will be and, and the new world won't be able to exist with those people who are uh, addicted to that fear addicted to the obedience yeah. um we can't have them and it's a thing not a not in a bad way but in a for everyone else's sake that needs to the positive side of this potential um mass genocide is the great ascendance and awakening from the other side um and that's the only way to look at it you have to see the bad and think all right well how is that bad going to be good because there's as you said that there's nothing there's no such thing as is bad really um because there's the duality of, of life and, and if you can see that then you can pull yourself out quicker because like everyone i think everyone a lot of people have been consumed by the fear on both mm. sides yeah i know for a fact for a couple of weeks there i was i was adding into the collective consciousness to the fear um unknow- not unknowingly but from in my head i was quite rightly doing it i've got a son and i've got things to worry about and oh, will it take him and will they do this will it do that but it was I pulled myself out and luckily I've got some friends around me that can help me at least see that and I think it's everyone needs to see and be in that kind of dark hole but it's how long you stay in there is the is the is the, is the, is the kind of important thing yeah um, you have to allow yourself to feel it to some degree uh, because it is real and because without that yeah, you, you, you have to face the barbarians at the gate. Um, if, if they're there, you know, you can't just ignore them. But again, it's, it's about not having that fear and kind of shifting and utilizing that energy and kind of transmuting it into something positive. You know, there should be some sort of level of uh, desire for you to protect yourself, those around you to improve your lot in life so that you are in the best position to you know, fight uh, whatever happens and whatever situation comes over the next few years, which will be uh, pretty hectic, uh, in in my opinion, to be mentally prepared, physically prepared, uh, and, you know, just make networks of like-minded people and to be resilient because it won't be a walk in the park, uh, but that's all you can do really. And you can't do that if you're consumed by fear, constantly reading the headlines of what's happening. And some people think that if they're more informed, they're better off to fight whatever's happening or, you know, but it's not like that. It's just sapping your energy. And it's, again, what I said before, it's produced with the intention that it keeps you glued to your phone and keeps you refreshing and seeing what's happened. And then your cortisol is spiking all the time. So you can't concentrate and never get anything done. And you're just kind of existing in that fear matrix, which is taking you energetically and not allowing you to actually, you know, fight the spiritual war, which is begins with improving your own mind and improving your own self so that you are in a better place uh, to help others. Definitely. And I think when you touched on surrounding yourself with people, I think that is potentially the, the most important thing that we can do now mm-hmm. um, because it's that divide and conquer thing yeah. where you can, you personally can have as much energy and, and high vibrations as possible, um, but that still might not stop the physical world. Um, so you need to know how you need to have people in your life that can help if things go proper. There's the energetical, is the 
that side of the world is and, and then there's the, the physical but so you, it comes to also when the new world comes or when you get forced out of society which a lot of us want anyway deep down yeah um, we're just too scared we're just too scared of doing it um but so this is good this is like forced firing you from a job that you don't really like yeah but you're too delayed. um so it's the same thing that's happened you're going to force into society that you, you deep down you want you want to be able to survive for yourself and fend and, and swap skills and trades and food for other people and um, with other people um I, we had a men's a men's meeting last night in the coast um i can't talk too much about it but yes yeah. it's, it's um just getting people who are like myself and who are different skills together to prepare for the worst um we have we're working under common law we have common law sheriffs with us uh, and it gives us confidence they're educating us with the law and it gives us confidence to know that everything is happening right now is illegal um, yep. and people need to wear that people listening right now need to know that the masks are legal the vaccines are legal the lockdowns are legal quarantines are legal um the police illegal, fighting right? people illegal yeah, yeah illegal everything everything is not illegal and they're and they're fake um they're fake yeah. laws it's still illegal in there and under common law is is also very much wrong um so people need to know people have the confidence you can go on to the common law commonwealth the common law website and you can download and print off all the laws around masking quarantining um all these things and there's people that i know have got past the borders with law without vaccines without yeah. Um, just knowing the law, filming the police and stating their name, the policeman's name, stating their badge number, stating how they are breaking the law and their, and to the extent of actual treason. So the, the police in Melbourne who are fighting the, the people, um, they're, they're actually treason. Um, so we are, the common law are sending out a letter shortly to all police to let them know, inform them of their laws that they're breaking, inform them that they do need to stand down and they need to form with the people rather than the, the government. Um, because there is lots of police out there in Melbourne are awesome people, and most of them are, I do believe, but most of them are scared of losing their job, scared of losing money. Um, and that's why they're doing it. This is why they're doing it. And this is why we are people are rioting it's for their own job it's for their lives it's for their children so we're fighting for the same cause and it's against the same people doing the same things so we need to make sure that they're aware of the law they're doing and they can come across and they'll get paid temporary wage hopefully we try organizing that yeah. um and then then the rest who's standing they are treason breaking law and they're okay and they will be okay with doing whatever needs to them to get our freedom but you need to separate the people who are, we don't want to fight people who are just fighting yeah. for their own family so that's the key message there and people do realize that you, when you go into shop and they, and they don't serve you for a mask you need to have the confidence to to be aware of that you are the right um and don't give in uh, is the is the collective is the collective obedience is what is stopping us now from yeah. going the right direction we need to be a mass disobedience 
Yeah, mass civil disobedience, right? Is the, the yes. only way out. Not to be with love, not to be with care, um, because the, the dark can't stand in the light. If we go, I go into shops and I smile at people. I try, I get even more nice to people now because of this, and they can't stand it. They just they don't like it. Um, when they, they they expect you to be angry and upset and and, and throw a tantrum that you can't get served and stuff. Yeah. Um, we've got my local shop at our local hardware store. There's some older gentleman who will work in there. And in his head, um, so I'm coming in with no mask, with my Krishna Pram, and he says, you cannot come in. And I said, fortunately, that's not an option. Um, I'm coming in. I gave him a nice smile and walked past. And he said, well, you're not getting served. And I said, well, thank you much for the free stuff. So it's much appreciated. An <laughs> um, and then, so he kind of, oh, he kind of, he didn't really know what to do. He kind of got his knickers in a twist and he went away and the other, the other, the other gentleman served me and it was all good. Yeah. Um, and from then on, because they've, they've had issues with that before with other people I've met in the street in Mulaney who have been refused service Um and they don't have the confidence and the power just to walk past and stand up for yourself. And they, and it affects them. It ruins their day. It makes yeah. upset. So you need to make sure that it doesn't ruin your day. You take a big breath. You lower your, your chemicals. You lower your cortisol and your adrenaline. This makes you, this keeps you in your conscious mind where you can make right decisions and you can say the right thing. And yeah. if you, when you go into a shop and you see a policeman and your, your heart rate goes high, you release your cortisol, adrenaline your redistribution of blood from your frontal cortex to your rear brain, then you're in your subconscious, then you're in your pre-programming, which a lot of your pre-program is anger. Um, mm. And it's not decisions, you say the wrong things, you, you you potentially get angry and upset and fight and all these things. So this is why staying calm and love is important in these situations because for one, the dark can't stay in the light and you can say the right things and you can act the right way appropriately. Um, and that's the key. In the, in the protests as well, um, we can't turn to full-blown nutcases. Um, that's that's important. Yeah, there's, uh, and this is why I think um, healthy lifestyle is so important now. Because if you are a slave to the blue light, the processed food, uh, the mass media. Um, not being outside, you're not stretching, all of that contributes to this hypercortisol state where you're not recovering, you can't think properly, you're not even breathing properly, you know, all of these things which, yes, on the surface, they just look like physical health uh, and, and, and lifestyle changes, but what it really is is the supportive network that enables you to, you know, leave the spiritual stuff aside, um, change your life and improve your life. And if you're not sure what to do in life, uh, start with improving your diet and then your gut brain is going to increase in its power and its accuracy. And you start listening to your intuition more. All of that um, needs to be done first before you kind of, before you can, uh, become spiritually aware and conscious. And I think with the, 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 and let me know if you found this the case as well as the better you treat your body, the more that spiritual connection kind of opens up for you. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's obvious for a lot of people when they start doing it, they see the, the changes 
in the physical, but the, also the internal and their and their spiritual. And it's like, I think there's a blockages. It's the energy blockages that are unlocked through your the way that your body is feeling. It's your yeah. when your body comes at a disease at itself, and then it's starting to cause a, come at a disease. Um, it's acknowledging that first. There's lots of signs. There's lots of signs and symptoms that your body shows you. So having a cold, for example, is a big one. That is. That's not just all oh, where I get that from. I got it from Jimmy down the street. Oh, well. yeah. But that that should not be the way. That should, I've got a cold. Why did I express those symptoms of cold? Why is my body not fighting it? Mm. What is the issue? Then you look into your life and you go, oh, I've not slept for two weeks. Maybe that's the reason my food, my diet is crap. Um, I'm stressing like fuck at work. And then you can say, right, if that's a warning, that's the, the body's warning to tell you that there's something going on, not going on right. And I've never had a flu before in my life. Um, I don't even know what it feels like. Um, and I believe it's because, one, my dad said, flu is for the weak people. So I had that. <laughs> That's I had a great, that great belief to have from the get-go. And it's, and I've got some awesome beliefs from my dad. There's some that are pretty staunch, like um, our, our family motto is don't win, don't come home. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a big like he's a farmer and he couldn't yeah. he couldn't watch a rugby watch a rugby game. So, um, and that maybe that's the reason I'm bodybuilding as well because um, I need to win to go home to see my dad. I don't know some sort of childhood trauma maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a good belief that everything I'd done I did it properly, but also stopped me from doing things if it, if I don't knew I didn't win, um, which which can be obviously not ideal. It's like now, now I'm also I'm acknowledging those subconscious beliefs that I'm yeah. programmed with. This is, yeah. and some are great, not so great. And but either I'm not blaming anyone for anything because that's that's not what we're here for is blaming yeah. your yeah. your program. Um, but yeah, back to the cold and flu. You need to see see the symptoms, and you think, all right, if I keep getting cold and flu, you're you're not listening to your body. For example, stress is your thing that's causing causing your body for not strike, fighting fighting the flu. For example. And that stress is going to be continually signaling your genes epigenetically to produce a disease. And the reason why you got a flu is the reason why you got breast cancer or the reason why you've got prostate cancer. You've not acknowledged the issue that you're, why your body cannot fight the, the simple bacterial infection or viral infection or whatever it may be. Um, and this is what I do in my job Man, now is I've got a new business called Environmenters, um, and this is brought upon seeing the things in the environment that are affecting our lives. So it's a lot of it was initially heavy metals. My mother-in-law got brain cancer, and she lived in Tasmania in a in in West Coast Tassie, which is a very heavy metal mining area. Mm. And yes, my wife after she passed away, I started learning about things, and she my wife had nickel and tin through the roof. The, the scale was through the through the what the measurement was. Yeah, and she never worked in a factory or anything. That was just exposure from her life. Um, and looking into now, the way the way the Tasmania is, the amount of cancers and deaths there is insane, and the, no one knows why. Um, and I and I potentially do. And then it's going from that, and it's looking into mold from there, doing its exposures, all then educating myself on epigenetics, and I do seminars on epigenetics and stress. I do believe there's two things that are most important for longevity. And that's leading to now I'm, I'm a gene practitioner now. So I managed to 
works with a great company called Smart DNA. Um, and they, they're good because they don't harvest and sell your DNA to China, which is awesome. Yeah, that's um, a good thing. And yes, so I work with them. I test people's genes along with blood work and then to see where they're falling down regarding their lifestyle and the food choices and supplementation right now. Um, and then for the future too, which genes do they have that can be signaled to make disease? And that is the big thing. It's not mean you get the disease. Um, it's acknowledging the gene you have or the mutated gene that you might have from your, from your environment, from your epigenetics, from your parents, from your grandparents. And then putting things in place to stop that or at least prevent signaling in that as much as possible. Um, and, it's, and it's, yeah, I love it. It's, it's a love looking into people's genes and analyzing them and looking at, looking at studies based on that gene for two hours and how to silence that gene. And it's, yeah, I really enjoy it. And I've, it's not pe many people talk are, are actually aware of what I do and, and actually how beneficial it is. Yeah. For example, people choose a diet based on their belief, based on how they think they feel. Yeah. But if you test your the genes will tell you what diet you need, what which genes are not working properly, which genes are working properly. So I've got so I've got clients who are vegetarian and they have three or four genes that don't transport, absorb B twelve, iron and um yeah, iron and B twelve. So these things are literally the opposite of what you want mm. for a vegan diet. You know what I mean? So they either have to supplement for the rest of their life, which they do. That's the protocol of a person that is iron a B12 injections every month. Um, and this is where we'll track their B12 and see how level up and down it is. And that their, their, their vitamin D is low because of the absorption rate from their genes as well. I've got a client who can't absorb vitamin d from food or from the skin very well yeah and then have another client that can't absorb from supplements very well vitamin d yeah so the point i'm trying to make is you can go to university for 50 years studying diet and nutrition but you cannot tell someone which gene does what which absorbs what and how much of which supplement you need um and that's and that's the big thing. And so you can take every supplement you're taking is based on you, not based on hypothetical you. Yeah. And that's what I try. I don't want longevity to be a, a, a luck. Right. Especially with my son. I've got a son now, and he he needs me. He needs me to be alive. He needs to be healthy. And this is a big awakening from a bodybuilding thing. And yeah, I've definitely shortened shortened my my um, you know, goal time frame down because I know the detrimental effects I'm doing on my, my body. Um, and for a lot of my clients are dads now. So they're dads, they're people who have woken to the fact that I've got other people that care about myself, that care about that I need to care for. And I need to take responsibility for that. And how many people can look into their children's eyes when they're older and say, I've tried my best to live as long as I can and good and happy for you and healthy. Not yeah. many. Yeah. Not many. Yeah, it's it's interesting about the epigenetics. Um, because 
<clears throat> what I've come to realize is, and this, you know, it creates this um, different source of motivation. You can have your motivation. Oh, I want to look better. I want to feel better. But if you understand truly that every physical decision you make is impacting the genetic uh, material that you're giving down to your offspring uh, at the moment of conception, um, yeah. it all becomes a lot clearer. And you look at that fast food and you go, mm, no, it's, it's just not uh, a choice that you make. Oh, I'm going to, you know, skive off and eat this, this, this burger and donuts because one, your body rejects the poison when you finally kind of make the change to healthy diet. But if you can look at it and be like, hmm, is this, you know, eight minutes of the sugar hit or the vegetable oil bomb that I'm getting? And I don't even enjoy that to any to any degree, but some people allegedly do. But I think it's because they don't have the spectrum of what a true delicious meal, a healthy meal tastes like. But they they it's like this reward thing that they think they deserve and whatever but really that's probably some level of uh either sugar addiction because it's a neurotoxic drug or processed sugars that is uh as well as you know just an inability or almost like a lack of self-worth and when you understand that the changes you're making and the diet that you have day to day is impacting your future offspring as well. That is the the only motivation you kind of need. And like you're saying, to live a healthy life, it's not just for you. It's for the people around you. Because if you are not in a, in a healthy physical state, you you can't be as strong as possible. So that they have someone to lean on. So that you're a good role model to kind of inspire your community to do this and these are the ideals that they are attacking on a daily basis again through the media saying no no don't eat meat no no don't eat eggs don't exercise it's it's fascist or whatever and all of that you can literally take the inverse of whatever they're saying is bad it's good whatever's saying they're good is bad and it, it's as simple as that for a lot of the messaging but when you realize it's not just you and it's not just your physical body you know in bodybuilding it's great i love it it's one of the healthiest things you can do is, is lifting weights but you know as you'll know more than me the upper end of bodybuilding uh it is not the healthiest way to live so i'm, I'm curious how you kind of have shifted out of that like what what stuff did you have to do for bodybuilding that wasn't as healthy and and how have you kind of changed that and, and what are the main things uh, that you are kind of discovering moving away from uh the the, the bodybuilding intensity so the big thing was um falling for the the trick of the calories in calories out um eat what you want yeah look and regardless and everything else is is irrelevant i fell for that because that's what i wanted to believe um and that's why i have i do have compassion for people but i understand that i can, I can see how how detrimental it is for them so i do try to change that as much as possible but um so yes, I would. I would, for example, when I was bulking, I would, I would count calories equal, regardless on what it was, as opposed. So this is still going on in the world, where the 100 grams of of skills is the same as 100 grams of of rice, carb wise, for example. Um, and people generally believe that then your body is going to get the same result from that, which is absolutely mental. Yeah. But I did not believe that. I thought, well, it's the same. It's calories in, calories out. What's the difference? So I used to have three Pepsi Max a day because it was zero calorie and 
I uh, cherry picked a study to show that I would I would have to drown for Pepsi Max before I would I would get cancer from it, um, <laughs> and that was it. I was and I was happy. And I was happy with that. That was a, a good enough for me. Um, and I took that and I and I ignored everything else. Mm. So they were really big ones. And when you come to dieting, so when you when you're bulking, you would have. I was always. I had a great upbringing regarding I'm a, my dad's a far, farmer, so I always have good vegetables and I always love the veg. Um, but then it still didn't stop me with, with kind of cheap meals and big meals and stuff to get those calories in because that was the most important calories. Yeah. But that definitely wasn't supplying my body for what it needed. And also at the point, I didn't realize that. And when you come to dieting, you do the opposite. You think how many, how, how many, how much volume can I eat with the least calories? And when you have that mindset, then you start looking into chemicals to replace those calories. And people are replacing calories for chemicals and they're replacing your fat cells for cancer cells, for example, potentially. So obviously the, the, the fake zero calorie noodles and your jellies and all that, that was a big thing for myself and it was, I loved it. And it was getting full on, on zero calories. It just seemed awesome. Yeah. And you don't get anything free this world. And you realize, when you realize that, you think, what what am I trading off for these calories? And then when you start asking the question and you really care about yourself internally and for and longevity, then you can actually answer that question without saying, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't care. Mm. So from a nutrition point of view, that was a big change for me, was putting in my mouth everything that everybody needed. Um, I don't eat anything that is is processed anymore. Really, um, everything I eat is close to organic as possible. And yeah, I don't need a cheat meal um, yeah. because I love my body. I love myself enough to to not treat it like that. Um, and I get so upset at myself if I do have something that I order something in the menu. I didn't read it right, and it come out like deep fried this and, and that and I'm like fuck, fuck. Fuck. yeah and I get so upset and it just ruins me fucking night yeah. and my wife like my wife hates it as well she gets upset and the whole night's fucked um, but then again maybe I, I don't say that I was bad food and I just think I, I love my, I, just, I love myself enough to, to care about that mm. um, that's why dieting for me is not an issue like having low calories or high calories or plain food or whatever it does not bother me because when your goal is to be the healthiest for your for your child or healthiest for your future and all that is irrelevant um yeah so nutrition wise that was the biggest change for me and, it, and it's and it's try it's dangerous it's hard though because you're the again you've already become the the odd one out on instagram for example and um, when there's when there's Lane Norton and James Smith PT having a lot of followers and a lot of influence and qualifications and things pushing these things and you're and you're going against the grain. Yeah. And for some people, some people it's difficult because they do care about other people's thoughts. Um. But now I don't. I, I've got over that feeling of having to to justify what I'm saying or or like mediating my my thoughts or my beliefs. In case I might offend someone, or they might get upset, and when I stopped doing that and just saying what I wanted to say because of that's my truth, that just let me. It just set the freedom within myself to let me do other things that I love doing, 
and people don't understand. People, how oh, you, Mario? How do you get on with all? Because I, I put up a lot of stuff online. I've got twenty four thousand followers. Not much of you guys, but and a lot of them are old followers. Well, so they're followers from just my bodybuilding days, and they're so they, yeah, they, I do get some messages not agreeing what I'm saying, and they give me some some hate, I suppose, what they call it. Yeah, but you don't realize you can't offend someone who loves themselves. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, you can't if you love yourself isn't not mean like an egotistical way, as in a spiritual "I am me and this is where I am." You, how can you offend someone like that? Yeah, and and this when it gets to the point that you know, I've got a lot of young boys listening right now who are are on that age, they want to do things that are different than the crowd, but they're too scared. You can't live your life like that because it's not your life you're living; it's someone else's life you're living, and they're they're doing the same thing as you. They might even want to do what you're about to do, but they don't do it because other people's judging them. Yeah. Um, but they don't actually, I said to people, people are worried about judging you. Like people are worried about being judged, but they are worried about being judged. They're not even caring what you look like because they're worrying about what people think about what they look like. Mm. So it's one of those, all these stupid things that everyone goes through. And I think everyone, when you're before you walk out of your house, you think, oh, what do I look like? Yeah. Um, that needs to stop. Um, that, that, that's my kilt thing. I started wearing a kilt all the time now. Um, I've got my camouflage kilt. I've got my camouflage kilt, and I've got my all black kilt. Um, and I wear that ninety percent of the time because of that. Is me. It's a symbolic statement of my truth and me. Yeah. Um, and it does, it does attract people to me that I like as well. People yeah. are open and they see that. Um, and that's why I like the masks. The mask situation right now is awesome. I love people wearing masks and people not wearing masks because I know which one I could have a chat with and have a yeah. conversation with. Yeah, uh, and I quite—I'm actually looking. I'm not looking forward to when the when everyone's maskless because I, I I don't know who <laughs> owns their mind. I don't yeah. know who owns their mind, but it doesn't get me. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. No underwear with but the kilt, yeah. of course. Well, to be honest. <laughs> To be honest, it's not ideal in Scotland in this in this in this climate. Wearing no underwear. All um, oh, right, too cold. No, I'm too hot, too sweaty, too chafy. Okay. Uh, and downside of a bodybuilder as well. Everything rubs, everything touches. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> from actually, from the, back to your old question regarding things that what kind of abuse I've done my body, and obviously, you go from the nutrition point of view, and then you go to this the kind of the the peds the, uh, the performance enhancing drugs where yeah they they do have a bad connotation and obviously a bad um, belief about them which is true I think that's good I don't I, I quite like having you know the the small dick thing and the, you know those beliefs that people have and I quite like them having because if it stops people from doing it that's good because ninety nine percent of people should not be doing it anyway yeah. Um, and arguably, I shouldn't be. Do- no one really should, but it depends what you the what the reason you're doing it. And that's the thing. I I, I nearly stopped this whole bodybuilding thing, like whole lot, when I had my awakening because I had no idea why I was doing it for. That was based on the ego, based on proving to someone or something that was good enough, and and when you realise that you will never be good enough because that's not. That's not what you. Why you don't feel fulfilled is because you're not one Mr. Olympia, or why you've not got million dollars. 
And when you realize that, then you can either give up, which I could have done, but I re I didn't give up. I just re-implemented the goal and the reason why I was doing that goal for a higher purpose. Mm. And I don't believe if I, can, if I can, the goal was reinstated for going to Mr. Olympia and standing next to Sebum and people not knowing who would win. That that was the kind of goal. That was the, and then from that status, I can speak my truth from a higher platform. Yeah. Um, I can stop people from drinking three Pepsi Max a day potentially. I can stop people from fucking their genes and then passing it on to their grandchildren, because there's a thing called the grand grandfather effect or the grandmother effect. And it's what you do right now affects your grandchildren. Um, and that's a scary belief because we are coming into our fourth generation of processed foods mm. and our children are already started like you're meant to be able to, when you're born you're meant to you're your your telomeres and your longevity is meant to be 120 years that is the potential what they say um your your baseline age when you come out of the womb but that's that's not the case anymore that like you are you need to reverse your epigenetic changes through your life dramatically um, if you want to live even close to that number yeah because you're already you're already starting 10 meters behind the starting line yeah in a race um so yeah that was the, the restated goal for me to do um because i do believe what i'm saying is important obviously i wouldn't be so passionate about it if i didn't uh, and i do think if i can help people from that higher place I say that world where the world is now, I don't even think I'll be going to America. So I've give I'm I'm in a little lull now regarding training and, and food and stuff. And I'm gonna ramp it up again to become the best physique I can be. Mm-hmm. Um and then stop regarding heads. Come natural, hold as much mass I can naturally. Preach what I love preaching, um, educate people in endocrine receptors and how can boost testosterone and how to keep fertility. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big passion for my son. My, when my son is 24, the projected fertility is zero. So in 2045, and that's not including the to the, to the jabs that are going on now, that's just the environmental, social and yeah, the, the toxins, poison decisions that we're making. So that's a big thing for me. And I want to do. I want to educate people on that as well. And I do believe if I can do that from a higher platform, it's great. But if not, I will still continue doing it regardless in what platform. And obviously, appreciate boys like you are, are building platforms like this for people like me to come on and and share and share my knowledge and share what my journey is and how I can help people and. Um, yeah, appreciate appreciate you for doing that. That's my pleasure, man. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, is kind of. It's interesting that you you mentioned the the motivations for the things that we do can energetically shift us and 
Thus, you know, you can do the same thing. You can be bodybuilding for yourself for proving to others, or you can be bodybuilding because you want to have a successful career so that you can positively influence people. And I think with anything that you're doing, whatever craft you dedicate yourself to, if you're doing it because you want to impress others and because you think that if you achieve success, then people will like you, then that innately is going to be limited because the energetic backing behind it is skewed and it's not coming from the right place and you're just going to achieve that level of burnout. When you have the purpose, like the true intuitive purpose where you're happy going to bed at night, when you realize like okay what did i do today and did it help people and uh, was i able to authentically express myself so many people have depression anxiety because they're living in a way that they know deep down isn't aligned with it doesn't feel right in their soul and of course again this depression and anxiety, their symptoms, you know, why are you getting that cold? Why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel depressed? Is it because, and it's not just a biological thing, you know, I'm, I'm treating my body this way and I'm eating it this, this kind of thing. I'm not sleeping I'm in an office. They'll all make you feel bad. But if what at the core level you're doing day to day is fake, which a lot of people are, you know, I've been there, um, everyone's experienced it and it's just that initial discomfort of taking the fear programming, getting rid of it and everything then that you do from that, it might be the same thing, but because it's energetically charged in a different way, uh, it's more successful, um, people resonate with you more and you'll be happier because of it. Yeah, a lot easier as well. Mm. I mean, it, you're, yeah, I do say that a lot of people in the fitness industry they do get into the industry uh, because of mental difficulties yeah um they become good they, they, they look good because of that i need to cover up my demons i need to get to gym i need to work hard mm. punish yourself kind of thing <laughs> yeah and it's to cover up that noise that you're you don't want to face which is which is fine like that's okay um, but you need to be able to wear that. That's temporarily okay. You need to you need to change that and you need to work at that. So when you are, I tell people, when you are feeling good in the gym and you look in the mirror and you think, fuck, yeah, he's all right. That's yeah. the time. That's the time to then do the inner work. That's the time yeah. to go to the breath. That's the time to go to a men's workshop, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, listen to different podcasts. Allow your mind to listen to different things. And that, like that. I started off this journey with a Joe Dispenza course. Yeah. Um, and I remember very vividly, and first time I heard him say the word creator um, in his talks, and, and and I heard I could feel my ego going, "Oh, that's not that's not a word we like to hear." Mm. I could feel I could feel my my mind shutting down to what he was saying. I couldn't hear him anymore because my mind, my ego was getting attacked. And when I started to open up my mind to those new beliefs, to even acknowledging the word creator, even hearing it, for example, because that was like, my programming was atheist. Um, yeah. So allowing my mind to even hear those and, and let it pass the ego was, that was, the, I believe that was the, the turning point 
for me. That was allowing myself to hear it, dropping that ego, which then allowed myself to hear other things that were not programmed. And, yeah. and that's what it takes for, for the people in the bodybuilding industry is to drop that, drop that ego, to allow yourself to hear it. You don't have to, when, you, when you listen to things, you don't have to believe it, but you just need to be able to hear it. That's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. And then you can work on yourself. And then hopefully, when the gyms close permanently because of a fake fucking pandemic, then you might not kill yourself. Right. Because that's what's happening. There are people killing themselves because the gyms shut for two weeks, which is terrible, which is awful. And that shouldn't get to that point because these people probably, people know they already have mental difficulties for years. They know that. People are aware of it. They have issues, but no one stepped in a year ago and says, "Oh, you want to try to work on those issues?" And that's the sad thing: is a lot of people who had killed themselves, people were not surprised, or people are not surprised, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, and Ori Doherty, who owns the gym in Melbourne, he was on TV and he was telling everyone because he's very advocate for men's health uh, mental health for everyone uh, and obviously opening the gyms for those for these people um, and he says he knows people that have mental illness mental health health issues um, but my question after that was have you done something about it like did you do something about it um, I'm not saying you didn't I'm not, saying I'm not blaming him for whatever but if you're aware, if I think everyone listening here probably knows someone or some, some several people who have issues with mental health, um, and it's the time to reach out for them now and, and talk to them. And if they don't get back to you, that's even more of a reason to reach out for them because yeah. I've had friends that have mental health issues and I've talked and reached out to them, nothing, reached out, nothing. I will call them nine times, um, and then they pick up, pick up on the tenth time, and that was the. And, and later on, he told me that was the big, that was one of the biggest things that everyone has done for him regarding just, was he, one of his, one of his egos or one of his beliefs are he doesn't deserve to be loved. And, and I was showing him love and he didn't like it because he don't think he deserves it. So what he does is he pushes people away. Mm -hmm. um, I acknowledge, I can see that and I acknowledge this so I don't, and it's easy to go, oh, fuck you, you don't speak to me forever. Um, and it's easy to just let that go. But when you realize that that person does want to speak to you, but it's his mind not allowing it, and he does that. He did that for his past relationships and stuff. And but he's worked up, he's worked heaps, and Joe Dispenza actually helped him as well. So it's really good to see that. And I, love, I love it when people are admitting their issues and admitting what they've done wrong. And, and then, not wrong, sorry, but admitting what the issues they have and they can move past it. And it's, um, I love when people take responsibility for their mind or for their actions. Yeah, it's the only way forward, right? You, whenever you don't take responsibility, you immediately give up your power to change anything. <clears throat> and I've I've been lucky; I haven't had any, you know, you know, hectic mental issues uh, as such. Um, but I know people that do, of course. Uh, and it really is that there's so much fear and hate and everything that you, you never know how much the words of encouragement, the words of love, the just the energy you're putting out can 
save someone who might be on the brink. Uh, and that's why I'm always going to be an advocate of being nice to people, even online uh, all the time um, and not adding to the cacophony of negativity that, that most people surround themselves uh, unwillingly or willingly because they're addicted to the, the cortisol response that they get. And it, you know, if, if you're, dead inside in a way, if you feel angry and fired up because you get in an argument with social media, that is better than being scared all the time, you know, on a, on a, on an energetic level, uh, with the level of vibration that you're in, but also like, it feels better. It feels better to be angry than it does to be scared and upset. So if you can, this is why people do it. And I'm not advocating it, but to them in their certain headspace, uh, it's better for them and it feels better for them to be angry and upset at something than it is to be scared or admit wrong and have shame that they were believing something that has been wrong for so long. Uh, and that's, you know, the route at which people try and argue things is if, if there's a previously held belief that gets challenged uh, within them, then they attack it because that can't be right because then I'm wrong. Uh, and again, it's that ego detachment. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it's, um, I always say, I lo always love when people do admit when they're wrong, like, or, or and I love doing it as well. Cause every time I say, Oh, so I, I, it was my fault there. Yeah. I know that I've, I've grown, I've grown a little bit. Yeah. And that's and that's good. And when and when people are taking something to help their health and realize that's not the best thing, and admitting that that is awesome. That's so hard. It's so hard to do. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love I love seeing people when they do that. Yeah, it's a great domino effect because when you do the little thing and you realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. Maybe it's a bit uncomfortable, but now I feel better. Now I'm healthier. Now I've let go of part of that emotional baggage. It's kind of a cascading effect of that inner work where you, okay, if I was wrong here, what else am I wrong about? Let's, let's delve into that. And that's a kind of meta skill that realizing that yes, you're a human, you have fallen for negative programming or not fallen, but just like you, you didn't have the mental tools beforehand to deal with and you, you were reacting and putting into your mental models, the information that you've been fed and pretty much everyone through the schooling system, through media, if they don't have aware parents or people around them, they are an amalgamation of that information they've seen. And mm -hmm. Probably not everyone, but you would hope to believe that most people, if they had gone through your experiences and seen the things that you have and consumed the information that you have, they would come to a similar conclusion uh, because your perspective is a result of your experiences in this life. So what we can do, I guess, with the people around us is to be a source of information, be the positive programming to the negative programming that everyone is kind of existing in right now <clears throat> yeah it's, and it, i don't undervalue the small little things that people do and and, and you example you, you got you got a thousand followers and you speak your truth and yeah. and 909 of those followers tell you to fuck off but there's one the one that listens and one that goes thank you for saying that it really changed yeah. my mind and that it changed my life or whatever all that is worth it all that hate, all that, yeah. um, and people don't, because it only, that's what I get a few messages from people that say, thank you for doing what you're doing and it helped me doing what I'm doing. And it makes it all 
but it makes it better. All that attack I get and stuff like that, it, it does, it's good. It's, it, it kind of justifies and um, it makes me feel that I'm doing the right thing. Um, and obviously then the people who don't hear what I'm hearing, can I word it differently? Can I change the way I'm approaching things? And that was the biggest thing from my, since my awakening is re is approaching things a different way, trying different ways, because not everything works, it doesn't work. And you think, oh, that definitely, that approach did not work. And I just, I can't sit like that. That's not, that's not how people are going to learn, not people are going to listen. And it's acknowledging that and changing, changing that in yourself. And there's a lot of people like I know that have awakened recently because the world is so hectic and they want to tell everyone. <laughs> and I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to go on your Facebook? You want to go on your Facebook live and tell the Wake up. Scott Morrison, Scott Morrison, the fucking pedophile, and yeah, you, you, you want to. You just want to tell everyone, but that is, but that soon gets fucking crashed. Yeah, that, that soon gets smashed in the sheep, smash you down so hard and so fast. That what happens, and I've seen it happen regularly, is then you actually go inward and you turn you turn inward where you don't express what you believe anymore because you're scared of the getting smashed again and those that yeah. you can't cope with um and there's i've seen too many people change their lives and then become a shell of a human because of it because of that fact that they are getting so much trauma so this is another reason why i do what i do and I say my truth and I live by example to encourage other people to do the same, not to coward in their in their new self, is actually to express their new self. And yes, you will lose people. You will lose family, friends, people that you think you'll be friends forever um, and you will lose them. But you will find your true self and you will find people that will resonate with your true self. Yeah. And then you'll start to live the life that you're meant to be living, not the life that you've been told, not the life that you're programmed to do. And then you'll soul you. You'll you'll feel a lot of gratitude because of that. But there will be a period where it won't feel that way and there'll be hardship. But that's the point to reach out to people like myself and yourself. And that's why we do this as well. So yeah. people who are going through their own awakening or their own change of life where their life feels that they're breaking down and they're turning into chaos that's the time not to shut everyone out is to re-target your who you talk to and who you spend your time with that's the key don't don't um turn everyone away just to turn the people that are causing you the pain away initially Mm. because they speak them you don't know how to handle enough spoke to people in the wrong way for sure um, and I learned from that lesson. And, and that's why I do a lot of things I do and say the things I do is to encourage. I know some young boys that are 17, 18, 19 that are, feel that they're alone, feel that they're uh, the black sheep. Yeah. Or I call them the white wolf. Or the white wolf. Yeah. Um, and it's acknowledging that. They're, they're, he's saying, I am, I am me. I'm, you don't say I'm right or wrong because technically we're probably all wrong but yes yeah, your truth and yes your perception of your illusion that we're living and just go with it just write it out and be true to yourself because if not you will become a shell of a human 
Yeah. Yeah. That you lose your humanity every time you lie. Uh, and it's, there's one path for your life where you live in the fake reality and the friends that you have are fake and the things that you're doing are fake or what comes with courage and speaking your own truth is that it goes to relationships as well a lot of a lot of people are in relationships because they're scared of being alone so they end up muting their true selves around this person they put on a show to the other person romantic relationships but all relationships uh, because they believe that they have to project this certain version of themselves which is an act uh, in order to be loved and if you love yourself first and foremost and realize that whatever your true self is deserves to exist in that manner no matter what other people say no matter what uh, institutions may say and make you try and feel bad for who you are or what you are uh, or what you say or what opinions you have um, you don't want to identify with those opinions and always have the kind of overarching belief and this comes with time but you got to forgive them for they know not what they do right that, that people are stuck in programming people are stuck in the mental machinations that they hold and have held for years and years and that that stuff doesn't just instantly break because they see someone else uh you know living authentically or whatever but it, it does knock down the first brick to this self-imposed jail cells that everyone um, lives in a lot of the time. And that's the only way to exist because yes, the people that are in your life, some of them will fall away. Some of them, however, will be impressed or uh, inspired by how you decided to, and people have come and said that to me, like I, I value the way that you, you don't care what people think. And once you don't care what people think, that opens you up. Like if you see it as, yes, oh, I'm scared of losing relationships, the relationships that you gain the other side are more intense, more beautiful, more everything than those relationships before. So whether or not you have to, you know, cut some people off, that's all part of the process. And maybe you'll come back to them when years later, they finally take their own steps because they've seen the changes in you. And I, I think that's the main thing with, with when you want to influence others to make better choices or just let go of the programming, your only way really is to lead by example and you can't convince and you can, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink with all of these things and all these beliefs, whether it's uh, exercise, general health, um, and then the kind of grander spiritual societal things you have to be an example and be true to yourself and be honest to yourself, honest to yourself as well, um, that you don't want to be doggedly attached to the awake agenda, shall we say. It's like if if you think something doesn't sit right with you, think that as well and, and, and don't then replace your uh, attachment to the fear matrix to this kind of other spectrum of that does that make sense yeah d definitely and i think i definitely understand what you're saying and i think it happens because we do our body does love fear that's the thing it does love the chemicals of fear yeah and if you've been in fear so long you get addicted to those to those hormones and you go out look searching for it in certain places um and regardless on yeah if 
there's lots to be feared from both sides and arguably from our side is to be more feared for if you're willing to let it in i suppose if you're willing to to think of that way and but that's why you surround with people that are can educate you from to step you down from that fear to say oh no you, you need to think this differently the way you're thinking of it negative um yeah you there yeah. yeah, it's all worth it though. And that's what we kind of, through the fire and flames, we'll come out the other side. And um, that's what it's all about, man. And that, that's why it's so need, great to see you doing it as well. We do need more though. We do need more people doing it because uh, people are scared um, because they think they're alone or they think that other people don't think the same as them. So I know for a fact that there's many people on Instagram, for example, have many followers, many influence who don't share their truth because of losing followers. Um, it's just difficult when your followers are potentially attached to your, your living, but I just don't think your money can be a trade-off for your truth. Um, especially in the years to the time, the years that goes by and, and the world does go tits up could you live with yourself if you think you could have done something to help? Yeah. Because um, I've, I've stopped people. I've made people stop and think. And that's that is my goal. I don't really care what a lot of people do with their life. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect my life. But I just still think deep down I need to at least let them know another another opinion to the side or another information to the read so then they can accumulate decisions and decisions are based on multiple sides of multiple information to make a decision uh, if you if your decision is based on the tv only or the radio it's not a decision because it comes from one source of information it's yeah. being told what to do yeah um so that's that's my goal is to get people to stop and think like, and if they stop and think and still do what they're going to do anyway, that's fine. They can take responsibility for their actions because their action was was from their own mind. Um, and that's why people, and that's why I love common law. Common law has got two laws, is don't do harm to others and take responsibility for your actions. And that covers everything. Covers yeah. absolutely everything. Um, if you take responsibility for your actions, you can put your hand up Awesome. If people take something right now and their and their leg falls off, and they go, "Oh, my bad, that was my fault," I go, "Awesome," and that is that is the way the world should be. Take responsibility for actions. But fortunately, that's not what's going to happen. There's going to be people taking things and they're going to get started getting sick, and they're going to blame other people. They're going to blame the TV. They're going to blame pharmaceutical companies. But what they realize, everything is out there in plain sight to be seen. Yeah, but their mind decided not to see it. Um, so that's the thing. I just, I just want people to do what they make decisions for themselves, and I don't really care what they do. Like, if they don't have children because of this, it doesn't affect my life. But if I didn't tell them that they might have it, then I would maybe feel guilty um, and feel that I didn't do my part. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm optimistic 
as always, and as you have to be. But uh, Murray Calcutt, the classic Scotsman, thank you so much for joining me on the Soulcast, brother. Uh, this was amazing. No, mate, I loved it, and hopefully we can do it again in a, a while when there's some more information to talk to and talk yeah. about. And I'm sure we will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone wants to to reach out for me for any help and gene testing, heavy metal testing, blood work and stuff. Um, please do and have a have a a discovery call to see if I'm the right person to help you and vice versa. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for uh, giving me this platform to to share me and share my truth. I love it, brother. Where can people reach you if they wanted to uh, um, look into that stuff? So the, the classic Scotsman is the easiest one to remember, um, but my, my educational page and my business is under uh, uh, the, the, the environmenters. And I've got a lifting strap business, um, 100% leather straps for lifting. Um, it's called Demand, and they're all under my classic Scotsman page on Instagram. You can just click like link there and, and message me on, on whatever forum and um, on Instagram the website is getting built shortly so there'll be more information on there cool amazing well thanks again brother and I'll speak to you next time cheers man thank you